Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. This is Wade, joined here in the podcast studio by my esteemed, my dear friend and colleague, uh, Jason Oakland. Um, Michael is unable to join us this week and uh, we have been productive, not because Michael is missing, but this is our third or fourth day recording. Third. Third in a row. Yeah. And then we had two that we had done last week. Yes. Um, we and have, we had a couple of guests in addition. Man. Yeah. So we had, this week came out, um, Aesthetics and Christian Aesthetics, which I really enjoyed as a discussion. I thought that turned out fun. Yeah, that was um, good. I think you guys were a little leery when I first brought up the topic. Or maybe <laughs> not Mike. I think he was curious where I wanted to go with it. Yep. I think that turned out well. We had one of the my favorite episodes we've done in a while with uh, Pastor Colin Vanderhoof and Pastor Gregory Lyon. Um, Colin from Pilgrim Lutheran in Menominee Falls and, and Greg from here at WLC. And we uh, we talked about why ministry, what led us to ministry, what are the challenges, what keeps us uh, in the ministry. And I thought that was a really good discussion, and I, I enjoyed that there was parts where I could tell each of us was kind of getting hit in the heart um, by things that came up, and those are those are always fun. Um, if you haven't listened to that, I'd encourage you to go listen to it. But then last time, Jason and I talked about hymns, and it wasn't some sort of elitist episode where we're talking about why the hymns we like are the best hymns, whatever, but what's their history? Why have they been so important in the Lutheran Church specifically, in Protestantism in general? Um, what makes them good insofar as they're a fit for the divine service? What makes a hymn good, maybe uh, for a lot of uses, but maybe not um, for, you know, Pentecost Sunday? Um, the uh, How the melody and the text relate, stuff like that. I really enjoyed it, and it got Jason and I talking. At some point, we want to do an episode on our new hymnal, but we'll want guests. Um, but what we ended up talking about, partly because at, at the end of the episode, and, and really, I guess, throughout it, each of us referenced having a hymnal in your home that it's not just a church book. And that got us talking today as we were talking about recording um, about what books, I would, I'm going to say every Lutheran, but really, ideally, I would say every Christian. Um, but should every Lutheran, um, what books would we like to see in their home? And pre- preferably somewhere prominently in their home, but maybe better than prominently, accessible um, yeah, in their home. Ironically, I had to go borrow a hymnal from the chapel because yes, two days in a row two days in a row because my uh hymnal is at home so the 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 new christian worship hymnal that uh, yeah. that i have i have the the red christian what worship we need to in do my office is but not the blue one yet request that our department chair yeah who's usually a, a very benevolent man mm-hmm. should just order one for each of us in the department that would that would make sense i mean it would make sense yeah um so that we can just have copies that are here. But uh, I'm glad that yours is at home. This is a place it should be. So we'll be talking about what books would we like to see, and, and we'll say every Lutheran's, and you'll get why we're saying every Lutheran's as it goes on. <laughs> but I, I would say ideally every every Christian's home, whether or not you're a Lutheran, these books aren't bad for you. Um, they still could be, I think, very helpful. And, uh, and so we will be uh, focused on that in our discussion, and lest we take the introduction too long, um, I will simply mention that we are part of the 1517 Podcasting Network. You can go to 1517.org and find all sorts of good stuff. Um, they have daily devotional blog posts on the weekdays. 
I was on a roll where I was contributing all the time for that. I mm-hmm. I slowed down. I need to get back to it. I really enjoyed doing that. Um, they have the publishing house. Mike and I have books with them. Uh, they have uh, free academy courses. Mike has done a, an academy set of courses on vocation that are worth checking out. Um, they uh, they have a variety of, of things that you can make use of. I encourage you to check it out, 1517.org. Their conference will be coming up here in October. And Michael and I will be there, Lord willing. We got our plane tickets and everything. Nice. Um, with our lovely wives. Um, this will be the first time that our wives have, have gone along as well. And I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, to my beloved getting to meet some of the, the fine people that I've, I've been able to work with um, for publishing and, and for the podcast and stuff at 1517. Uh, so 1570.org, you can go check all that out. And without further ado, uh, Jason, would you like to give us our disclaimer? Yes, indeed. This show doesn't speak for our churches, our church bodies, or our employers. And to be honest, much of the time, it probably doesn't speak for us. We'll be thinking out loud a lot. So approach what you hear with a healthy skepticism. Because, well, as a responsible resident of planet Earth, that's probably what you should generally do with almost everything. If you find yourself getting too worked up, tune out, look around, and realize you're just listening to a podcast. That's right, a podcast. So go live free, friends, and don't let us get in the way. And that brings us to our free-for-all where we talk about the pressing issues of our day. Um, We are recording today, Thursday, August 4th, and uh, I believe school starts, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Professor Oakland, on August 29th. Yes. I know I have. Move-in move in here is the same as move-in for my uh, my second child, who will be going off to university out of state, and we'll be moving him in that weekend, and then I'll be rushing back to teach. My oldest, uh, who goes in-state, um, will be moving in uh she has an apartment. It'll be her second year in the same apartment. She's an upperclassman now, so that'll be less hectic of a move-in. But, mm-hmm. but August 29th, it's, it's coming quickly. I keep looking at the calendar. and It seems like it's getting closer. <laughs> it sure does. And, uh, and so for, for Jason, this will be year two of teaching. Yep. I believe for me this is year nine. Man. I started 2014. So 14, yeah. 15. Yep. Right, so nine... Anyways, I've been here eight years. And this will be the start of year nine? Not year nine, I think, yeah. So, um, you have mostly the same classes you've had either first semester, second semester. Yep. I have mostly the same, but some I'm reshaping. Uh, but I am, I've made a move. Um, I am now both in the history and the theology department. So I right. have one foot in, in two different branches or disciplines of the humanities and so i'm revising some courses i feel pretty confident with that um but as we're just a few weeks out now from the semester starting jason i thought just for our our brief free-for-all what are you least ready for and i can go first if you don't want to um i would say the so the 
And we're being very honest and vulnerable here. Do not use this against us later. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Um, and, uh, you know, if any students in these upcoming sections or whatever, don't say, see, I knew you weren't ready. Right. You know, you, you said. But uh, now I would say probably, so I've had to take, because of my schedule last year, which allowed me to commute, I taught all my classes on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So they were three days a week. I've had to now convert two of them to Tuesday, Thursday sections. So one of which I think is pretty easy. And that is harder as someone who's had to do that several times. Yeah. That's harder than people think. Yeah. I mean, you especially when you're going from, I find from 50 minute periods uh to 80 minutes. Yeah. Which I mean, so there's just a lot of different things that you have to kind of keep in mind and, and including like the rhythm of when assignments come due and, you know, projects and stuff like that. So, so that's been, um, I would say the, the thing that's been the most challenging for me as I've been looking at prepping and the one that I feel probably least ready for right now is history of Christianity. Um, which, uh, because not only as I switching, you know, going from three days to two days, but that also I had a pretty good rhythm I think in place with you know studying the material and then injecting mm -hmm. primary source readings and things like that and so kind of thinking how am I going to balance that a little bit now with the two-day yeah. schedule and then and I, I don't mind the Tuesday Thursday for some classes right and if you get a fun discussion class it can be great oh yeah but the a lot of times the issue with the 80s if you're going from a 50 to an 80 is you're either done way early mm -hmm. because you were like I can't just straight up combine these two yep. or you just can't get it all in, in that class period. And it can be really hard to shift gears then. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that it, with that is there were a couple of the readings that we did last year that, um, I was maybe looking to re revamp just a little bit or, or tweak a little bit. And I haven't maybe gotten quite to the point where I'd like to be yet at this point with those given that we're, only weeks away from the start now granted those things don't come up necessarily day one of class mm -hmm. so you got a little bit of time but that's but, part of the challenge is that i always know that i have time yeah and ideally i would have like everything just plugged in for the whole semester yep but i always know like essentially if i stay a day ahead yeah and and that plays to my my worst <laughs> instincts right yeah and i figure too you know if nothing at least for the sake of the syllabus or the calendar it's like this is the, you know, we're going to have a reading on this topic. Um, I don't have the handout ready to place into your hand day one, but right. you'll know it's Nor coming. Nor should you because they will lose it. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And then, oh, I, I lost mine. I need another one. Yep. Um, I will say um, what I am least ready for because it took me years, and this is largely my fault. It's partly the fault of every LMS being huh. it, the most counterintuitive thing ever. And that but being I, learning management system, system right? Yeah. So, Like if you've gone somewhere and they have Blackboard, Canvas, what, Genzibar, whatever. And, uh, Moodle. Yeah, Moodle. I had finally learned how to just do almost everything well. Mm -hmm. And I'd got it to where I could just import a course, like, Okay, I'm just going to bring everything from last time I taught this over and then just do minor tweaks. Yep. And um, 
and we are switching to a new LMS, which is supposed to be better, um, we've been told. And, um, it would be hard to be worse. <laughs> um, than, than, and that's not a knock on WLC. That's no. Many schools have these. Yep. Um, and uh, figuring out how I'm going to arrange stuff and get it back on there because it's different enough yep. that not everything just goes laid out, gets put in the same place. Um, I have a feeling that it's going to be I'm just trying to stay a week ahead uh, because I have enough stuff that I could probably already plug in. I did pull everything off the other and have it saved, but I also have enough stuff that I'm changing mm-hmm. that it's just it's not like let's sit down and, and take an afternoon and get all this stuff up there. So I, I feel I'm, I'm confident how I'm doing on the syllabus front, Yep. which is what really matters. That's where the revisions are really. Yep. Um, but getting stuff up there and figuring out. I now to be honest, I I'm not heavy on use of of the LMS. We um, I teach seminar style classes. They're discussion heavy. They're paper heavy. I'm not giving regular quizzes. If you want to pay a bunch of money to stay dumb and be a child, the accountability to me <laughs> is going to come through when you write a lousy paper. Um, but there are also classes where you have to have the quizzes. Even in theology, mm-hmm. right? Um, like you and Mike with the intros. Yep. And to be fair, I do have regular tests in 110 that do a similar function. But like my higher level courses, what's up there is going to be, this is what you're going to read, or here are some discussion questions, so it's not a ton. Um, but I am. I have tinkered, and we have a colleague who is doing um, the Lord's work, trying to help people learn how to do this, and so we appreciate that. Um, yes. But... Uh, but that's what I'm gonna. I'm really gonna be coming down to the wire on that. Especially, I had just got to where I would do grades on the old one. Uh huh. It used to be like, I'm gonna have like a a book where I write your grades, and you just I hand stuff back and you add up your points. This is not right. Yeah. But students now are just conditioned from high school on to have be able to see right their like, progress as soon right as away. It's posted, yeah. And um. And from the little I've tinkered, that's this is not gonna be fun to relearn yeah i've i'll I'll admit i've been kind of dragging my feet on poking around too much with that now part of that was because the first part of the summer for me was just jam-packed with all sorts of other stuff you know with relocating and different things so um i haven't had a chance to do that now but now it's like yeah i should probably start looking into that stuff a little bit more and uh i'm just really not finding a lot of motivation to do that fun (laughs) to do like no even a syllabus can be fun when you're doing the schedule portion because you're like oh this will come together this way and like it'll be really fun to discuss this thing after we've done that i mean the boilerplate language is not that fun but right but once you've done it a while, that's largely cut and paste. Yep. But like, just staring at the computer and clicking is not fun. Nope. And then, you know, sometimes too, like, okay, up, uploading things or whatever, it's like, did did it upload yeah. correctly? You know, did you? And then, yeah, it's, there are just uh, different things with that that uh, are tedious, yeah. I think. Yeah. I, uh, um, yeah, so I, I think we'll be okay. But that's where we're, I'm sure Mike has all. He is always like yeah. super ahead. I bet he has all his everything he's going to run off is probably run off. Yeah, and everything that he wants posted is posted. So 
Mike always sets the bar very high with anything organizational. Yeah, he's he's usually out front for sure yeah. with that. I'm sure I will have some um, some complaining posts on Facebook <laughs> about bureaucracy um, in the next few weeks. Uh, I'm sure Jason will comment on them. Right? Did you see my post today, Jason? No, I, I, I've missed that. Huh. <laughs> for some reason, Jason's not been seeing my, <laughs> my Facebook posts ever since he was spying on my life. Yeah, I was becoming, accused, becoming accused of too, espionage. Too engrossed in the <laughs> developments of my, and then copying me. Yeah. And for some reason, I don't know, it must have been Zuckerberg. Yeah, must have been. And your wife, you said your wife sees it all. Oh, yeah, she does. Huh, yeah. It's so, so odd. I, I think. You know, there there could be any number of possibilities yeah. as far as what's we'll going on. We'll have to tinker but, with it, see right, what we can yeah. figure out. I, there's a lot of talk of bots nowadays, so, you know, maybe there's some rogue bots running around your account or something. Yeah. I, I, you know, who knows? We'll but, have to see. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, lest we, we go too long, uh, we will leave up there. But we, as um, for many of you um, who may be students or educators... As your school year is approaching, um, we wish you the best as you make your preparations too. And for all of you, um, for whom summer is, is coming to an end in the somewhat near future, sadly, we uh, we we share a a raised fist of solidarity, <laughs> um, and uh, we we buckle down and, and prepare with you for. Although fall's good, yeah, fall's my favorite season. I would agree. Um, so we won't complain too much, right? It's because. Uh, Oh, that's one of the things I like about the Midwest mm-hmm. is fall. So, Yep. All right. Well, we will make our way then to the main topic. that brings us to our main topic and just to give background again um we recently have done a number of uh we had been we like to jump around we we do theology but we like to do history philosophy um cultural stuff you name it at some point um we we like to get into it yeah we've not done a a house of pain featured episode yet to really jump around but that would be good, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, culture, sometimes politics, although we try to do that in a a very nonpartisan, I would say, detached way. But lately we've been on a, and I've enjoyed it, um, a really parish-focused, I would say, pastoral insofar as, um, not that we're pastoring anyone, um, but pastoral in the sense of, uh, you know, means of grace, um, and maybe applied theology type of stuff. So um, we've had um, two episodes on the Lord's Supper. Uh, we've had an episode on formation, an episode on Romans 13 and, and church and state. We got a little Catholic Oh yeah. in a good way. Um, you'd have to listen to that one if you want to know why. I, mean, I know some people right away here we got Catholic, and they think Wade, the pseudo-papist. Yeah. Is corrupting you guys, yeah. Um, which may of, or a lot of corruption may or may not be the the case. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. Uh, we talked sermons and preaching, um, the pastor's office, like the physical place, 
on his officer study. We talked about everybody being a theologian, absolution, the Bible. We had an episode on God. We really narrowed things down mm-hmm. in that one. Um, Christian aesthetics, what we see, hear, feel when we're yep. in church. Um, and then why ministry and then hymns. And so I've enjoyed this streak. Um, and I feel like it's kind of been a little bit returned to our roots, even though you weren't part of the original roots, Jason. And right. Neither was Mike, to be fair. Uh, it started with me, Peter, and Ben, but, Graf- but kind of getting... Grafted in branches. Yeah, getting yeah. to kind of what we started with. Like, here are some things it, we think it's good to be talking about in the church. Um, and so we're going to be doing another one like that today. Maybe we'd call this practical theology. Um I like applied theology a little bit more than practical theology because um, sometimes people hear, when English speakers hear practical, mm-hmm. they don't mean like uh, theologia is uh, habitus practicus or whatever. You know, yep. they, they don't mean the same thing as that. Um, but um, a practical or applied theology, what, um, what books, and Christians are people of the book. In fact, it was kind of Christianity that made the book take off, right? The codex yeah. really... Yep comes from these the collections of these um, different books, so to speak, of the Bible, and, and then being bound because it's easier to carry and reference and, and sell. And, um, and so what books would we like to see in every Lutheran? And I would say, it, and even if you're a non-Lutheran Christian, there's equivalents for some of these. Mm-hmm. So you might not have the Wisconsin Synod's <laughs> hymnal in your home. Um, but you probably... Um, wouldn't hurt to have whatever hymnal yeah. reflects your confession. Now, we obviously disagree with aspects of your confession, but the Lutheran Church also has a, a nice, long, strong history of not proselytizing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, there's, a, and there's probably some overlap in a lot of hymnals, yeah. right? Where and that's that's why you listen to the Guys Get Catholic episode. Right. right? And um, some of the hymnology or the um, the hymnody one that we did, too, that touched on a little bit of that, too. Yeah. But sometimes you'll get you'll hear these knocks on the Wisconsin Senate or the Missouri Senate. Um, I don't think you hear it as much on the ELS because it's hard to get mad at Norwegians. Right, they're just nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that uh, oh, they have such a small heaven. They think they're the only ones that are going. I would venture that confessional Lutherans have one of the biggest heavens in Christianity, mm-hmm. other than like the ones that just go full universalist. Right. Yep. Um, and so historically. Uh, if, if you're a Presbyterian, a Methodist, you know, um, whatever else, the Lutheran Church doesn't think it has to bring you into membership in the Lutheran Church for you to get to heaven. We're, we're not aiming the sheep steal. Now, that being said, they took me mm-hmm. from outside of the... But but I sought that, right? right. Um, yep. Never was I told by Pastor Wirtz if I did not join the Lutheran Church that I would not be going to heaven. Now, we do have a doctrine of fellowship, and we can talk about that someday. Um, but whatever your confession, whatever what, what hymnal fits with that, right? Um, and there's going to be, as Jason was getting at, a lot of good stuff in there um, that you can use. And then when we're talking confessions of the faith, well, what what are yours um, in your tradition? And it's good to study those. And mm-hmm. you know what? Um, maybe you study them and then you, you go ahead and read ours too yeah. if you want to. Um, but to understand what you believe, or at least what your church confesses, um, a very important thing. This is how I found my way into Lutheranism. I didn't start reading Lutheran stuff. I got really into reading Roman Catholic stuff, mm. which led me to right. reading Lutheran stuff. 
or non-Catholic stuff. Uh, for compare, I, I had a notebook with two columns, and I read through the whole Bible, and it was verse references, scoring points for hmm. uh, the papacy and, and for um, our Wittenberg friends, and uh, and so um, we ought to all be be reading our own confessions. It's it's part of why we practice the doctrine of fellowship, or why we carry out principles of fellowship like we do. Um, if someone's going to be coming to our altar to commune, we want them to be aware of what they're confessing. Right. Because yes. they, some of what we confess, people consider pretty weird. Like, there was this guy, he died. Yeah. And then he came back to life. And, That's But then one. he left again. Yep. You know. Um, so, uh, what are the books that we, as Lutherans, confessional Lutherans, um, that we would like to see if this were in the parish in every parishioner's home, if this were the classroom, um, what are the books that we use in the classroom that I hope the students don't just sell for the next year? Right. That, yeah. they, that they hold on to. And why don't we go ahead, and I'll go to Jason first. And Jason, don't feel like you have to be creative or not obvious. Feel free to lead with your first choice. Okay. Right? Um, because I know sometimes we feel like we have to sound original or <clears throat> creative. Whatever your first choice would be, and then we'll come to me and I'll give my second choice or my first if it's different than yours. Does sure. that sound fair? Yeah, that sounds fair. We'll fair. bounce back and forth. I, I see each of us has a big three or four. Mm-hmm. So as we spread out from that, but I think our core three or four is going to be similar i th i think so yeah all right i'm gonna throw it to you jason so Here, I think this is what what am i doing right now you're throwing it to me and what 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 kind of ball would you say i'm throwing i i think that looks more footballish that yeah. was yeah yeah because right. you were a football player so yeah that's right right that's pretty good form isn't it it is yeah for sitting good. down yep all right yeah that's good or would you rather i hand it off mm. no i can i i played center for a lot of years and the, a lot of people don't know this but Best hands on the football team. Yep, I have good hands. The center. I was a long snapper. Yeah, because and then everybody's I was, a, I was a guard who couldn't pull. <laughs> oh yeah, that you need to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, because everyone's throwing the ball to the center to start the right, you know, yeah. and then get it, put it down, and yeah, so got a lot of practice. Enough bragging. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm saying all centers. I'm just teasing. All centers. I know. I'm proud of you. But, <laughs> uh, so, I. I was going to kind of joke like you needed to get like all, you know, um, 55 plus now volumes of Luther's works because that, yeah. but that's, you know, we got a little off track. So I'll just stick with probably the number one choice, which, you know, probably is pretty obvious, but I think, you know, first book that you want to see people have first book that, you know, I would want to have is the Bible itself, right? Because that is, um, God's word. That is, the um, source of all Christian teaching and and the guide for all Christian practice and um, and really the other books that we'll talk about really kind of have their beginning in the Bible in a sense right I mean that without the Bible there wouldn't be too much concern for right. these other books right so so I think that would be that would be one that I would really like to see probably number one um and you know i think too that and here this opens up 
it may seem like okay, Jason just set the book, but this opens up uh, which Bible, right? Which, yeah, that 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 leads into other questions, and I think you know it's there. There are lots of translations of Bibles that are available, and there are and and there are a lot of good ones that that I would not have any problem using. Um, and I think the other thing is there are lots of resources that you know are often attached with Bibles, study Bibles, things like that. Which, if you have a really, uh, if you've been able to uncover or, or come across a study Bible that you really appreciate um, and that really does a good job of explaining things and is um, true to the um, biblical teaching. Um, in its content and the the resources that it includes, uh, boy, that's really a, a wonderful blessing. Um, and uh, I I was most familiar with the Concordia Self Study Bible. That was one that which um, pretty much when we went through college and seminary, yeah, um, probably all of us. That was our main English Bible going yep. through. Yep. Yeah. Nick which, now has mine, but I have. Um, my NIV 84 Concordia Self-Study Bible has the same case. Yeah. And I gave it to my eldest son for his high school Bible and for him to keep. Nice. So he's got all my notes. Yeah, which, I mean, that's a really good really good resource. And it's, uh, you know, they held up well. Um, NIV 84 translation, which was, you know, I think a very uh, decent translation, you know, in its accuracy and, and I think especially in its readability for, you know, um, students of all ages i think that but then you know they've uh revised that one and uh because of got yeah they got very strict yep about uh 84 Mm -hmm. once they wanted people buy in 11 yep which so that made it um pretty hard to get your hands on uh concordia self-study bible now although i think now that it's been a few years since that revision, I think you can get them used relatively yeah. relatively reasonably now if you go looking for them online. Yeah, and I would say for most of our theology classes here at the college, we've kind of amongst ourselves arrived at the point of the expectation is that um, that students either find a good used Concordia Self-Study Bible or we'll get to the one that I'll talk about. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's, they're still out there if people want to get them yeah and that has so like for example in a study bible like this it has you know notes on the individual verses it has introductory material to the books um it has some maps it has a concordance in the back which is um one of those things like oh man we're i'm i know this passage has the word crucifixion in it sure and I go back and I look up the word crucifixion, and it'll tell me all the, all the places where crucifixion appears um, in the Bible. So, I mean, there are all sorts of handy resources in a study Bible that, you know, just serve to aid your own study of the Bible. Um, so it's great if you're reading it on its, on its own by yourself, but also a great tool to have um, in a, a Bible study type of, or, or worship atmosphere where, you know, you're, you're um, listening to someone teach or, or preach or, or, you know, lead a, some sort of study session and you can um, be reading along with some of that material. So, 
Um, yeah, so I, I think uh, I will go along with Jason's um, suggestion there with the, the Bible. And the Bible I have now taken to using. Um, and we can, we can, I think we've done an episode on translations, but we can do uh, another one at some point. But um, I, I was probably not as content mm-hmm. with the 2011 as maybe mm-hmm. you or Jason. And that's not, um, I don't say that in a way is that there's a right or wrong on this. Right. Um, or that anyone should not have confidence in, in studying in the 2011. Um, and I say that as someone who has just certain things that he gets very snobbish about. <laughs> I, I acknowledge that about myself. And then other things that I could care less about differences. Yep. Um, you know, so uh, I very much prefer the English Standard Version mm-hmm. and the Lutheran Study Bible. I find um, the the Study Bible, Lutheran Study Bible, to be a, an improvement over the notes. I agree. In the Concordia Self-Study Bible, partly because many of the notes in the Concordia Self-Study Bible were borrowed, brought over from more general sources Um, and then some were added to kind of give a Lutheran take Um, but I'm a fan of the ESV I know sometimes people will mention well it's a harder read as far as reading level I don't think it's that hard I used it in the parish and I didn't find that people um, couldn't track it Um, there are times where it's a little harder because they don't um, translate they don't translate things into as colloquial of an English for you sometimes, mm-hmm. but I actually find that to be a strength of it because those things catch my eye, and then you use the study notes or you look, you look online for resources. Yep. Um, and I think that brings me a richer appreciation for the text. For instance, um, right, we had this last Sunday um, where the rich fool says, um, you know, I'm going to sto- fill up these storehouses and I'll be at ease. And I think the NIV had said to i'll say to myself and right the the greek is i'll say to my soul Mm. which is part of what jesus is getting at um in his rebuke of this approach when he's kind of answering this man's request that he tell his brother to divide his inheritance Mm -hmm. among him now myself isn't wrong right and myself is a good part of what was meant there um but my soul gives me the ability to wrestle with that and maybe unpack a little. The downside of that is sometimes it gives me the ability to unpack it incorrectly Yep. if I'm not going to put the effort in. And so there's a fine line to walk there. And there are times where a translation does well not to leave a, a reader, the not to leave a, a concept there that the majority of readers are not going to get. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so I'm saying this with a bias of someone who does ministry and theology professionally. Yep. So, and I, I say all, by all, all that by way of, of saying Concordia Self-Study Bible, NFA 2000, 2004, even 11, um, they're okay. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you're using, God bless you, and the Spirit's going to work through that. Uh, I just, that's, that's part of, and then I do just generally find, and I like that the, the LSB, the Lutheran Study Bible, has footnotes that are not just um, information academic, um, but they also have um, footnotes that are um, 
passages from historical writings or takes on these things, yep. but also prayer or devotional stuff. Yep. Um, so I find that helpful. But um, that is not to say if someone prefers the NIV 84. And there are times where, because that's the Bible I came to Lutheranism in, and that was the English Bible I was using in college and some and early on in my ministry, um, I'm always going to think in that mm -hmm. translation when a passage um, comes up. Yeah, that's the one that's kind of in your memory. But I would, um, I would say, I would recommend um, pick a study Bible. And here, right, we're both recommending Lutheran study Bibles, but this mm -hmm. might be someone has a different confession of the faith. Okay. Yep. I, I think the Lutheran take is is right on most of these things because that's why I'm a Lutheran. But and I would agree with you. Yeah, but a lot of study Bibles are going to generally helpful linguistic language and historical explanations of stuff. And sometimes if you don't understand the history history around something, you're not going to understand that passage. Right. Like a dude gets half his beard shaved, right. and you're just like, oh, well, why doesn't he just shave the rest? What's so embarrassing about that? Yep. Well, if you don't understand the history and the culture of the time, shaving the other half would have, or having any of it shaved was humiliating. Mm -hmm. um, things like that, dogs pop, pop up a lot. And, you know, as an American and as a dog lover, I'm like, oh, dogs, you know, yep. um, you're <laughs> a good boy, you know. That is not nope. how dogs would have been seen there in those references. Um, so I recommend a study Bible, but I would also recommend, and if you have the resources, um, get another Bible that's just straight-up Bible. Hmm. Um, and I would say maybe a different translation, a different reliable translation. So, yep. and, and there's plenty out there. Um, if you have the ESV, maybe you get the NIV or um, uh, some of our... Um, Brethren in the Wisconsin Senate and Evangelical Lutheran Senate, and I, I think some others as well. Mm. Um, you have the English Heritage Version, the EHV. Even, evangelical Heritage evangelical, Version, I think. Yeah, sorry. So, but EHV is the, yep. You have the um, NASB, the what New American Standard Bible. Yep. You have the Christian Standard Bible. These are all worth having. And yep. sometimes uh, if you are reading, let's say, Ideally, you, you you know you make it through your Bible in a year, but let's say you like many people, right? We don't always do that. Um, but to mix it up, sometimes maybe you go through the Gospels in a different translation than what you're used to. But you can have both those Bibles handy, and and that really can sometimes bring out stuff that you haven't noticed before. But I would encourage it to be another, um, not too dynamic. I'm not a fan of going all the way to, like, the message or... Dynamic in the sense of really trying to be very... Thought for thought instead of word for word. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And, like, the Living Bible, the message, okay, they've, they've surely helped some people. And I, I like Eugene Peterson's writing on the whole. Uh, but they're not translations. Yeah. They're, they're, they're paraphrases. Yep. And um, so to have two that are really emphasizing trying to be... Um, fairly literal in their translation can help bring out some real gems in a text sometimes. And I think maybe the other thing to just acknowledge is that, you know, there is no perfect translation. Mm -hmm. I mean, every, tr every translation has its points of strength. Every translation has its points of weakness. And it's just that, you know, you're, you're finding one where, you know, th there are lots of usable ones. It's just finding one that, uh, number one is available to you or accessible to you. And then, um, you know, that, 
you find the the pros vastly overshadow yeah. the cons of that yep. particular one. And so. all of us get idealistic about certain things, and Christians do that especially with the Bible. Oh, yeah. And you will have people who have impassioned fights about why their favorite translation is the translation. Um, and at the end of the day, almost always those arguments get unmoored mm -hmm. from what the word is that actually is and is meant to be. Um, and we be we begin um, making something more than it's meant to be. Yeah, right? and and I think too the the last thing that you want to do is say, well, I really have a problem with this translation, and and someone who like that's their favorite one, or they've they've grown up with yep. with that one, or or that's the one that they use all the time. Like the last thing you want to do is undermine someone's confidence in the in the Bible, right. um, because of you know, translation challenges or whatever. So I think too, that, that idea of having that Bible using, having, you know, a Bible or maybe a couple that you, you use, um, that's a really good thing. And, you know, again, not just to sit on the shelf or look pretty on the coffee table, right. but to open and use. And, and maybe there's books of the Bible you're not going to read every year. That's okay. Right. Um, but there should be some, hopefully that you're taking, make your way through the gospels every year. Right. Um, be, um, and and really an easy way to do that is when Lent comes, whatever year we're in, A, B, or C, whatever the primary passion account is for that year, read that whole gospel as part of your your Lenten devotion. Mm -hmm. um, then Advent will be a new church year, um, and so we'll be in a different year of the lectionary. Then do that one for for Advent, right? Um, Stuff like that can be really helpful. Some of the epistles take all of a half hour or an hour to sit down. No, Some sometimes you want to go slower much, yeah. and more thoughtfully. But yep. uh, but there are certain books that are just worth revisiting. And that's one of the strengths of having two translations as well, is you may find you really prefer, um, mm -hmm. for instance, um, while, while Jason and I might differ on NIV or ESV, I think you'd have to you would have to um, grant that ESV is better for the Psalms. Yeah, and and as I, far as if we're playing for the ear, right? Um, yeah, and we would both probably have to agree King James is better oh, than ESV or NIV as for the Psalms. Beautiful, right? Reading, you know, for the ear, you know. But rendition. if we're talking right. the Psalms, you want to actually understand everything. Yeah. Well, then we could have more debates. Yep. But for like the vibes, right? Mm -hmm. Um. But having those two, you you might have one that you really want to dig into a particular book with. Um, okay, we've gone a while, Jason. I get number two, right? Yep. I'm torn on number two um, because the uh, theologian in me wants to pick one. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the just Christian in me that knows how I actually operate and what I actually need <laughs> and what it... The average Christian needs. Um, I need I need the heady stuff, but I, I also got to get hit in the heart and the gut. Um, I uh, so I'm gonna go with the hymnal, and in this case, um, as Wisconsin Synod Lutherans, I'm guessing we both when we say hymnal, we mean the new blue hymnal that's been put out. Uh, but here also, you can have more than one hymnal. Oh yeah, and we live in a day. Uh, in Lutheranism, that we're kind of blessed. 
Yes. And in, in that there's a number of good hymnals out there. Um, the Lutheran Service Book in the Missouri Synod is very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, the LS is, the, the hymnary is a, a real treasure. Um, mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the easiest to do for some of the service stuff, um, but devotionally is, especially as well. Yep. Um, a lot of the hymns that they have and, and, and how they have them um, yep. and the services to work through on your own. Um, That's something I always appreciated going to Reformation lectures at Bethany yep. and being able to, to sit in on chapel and, and yep. sing sing some of the um, hymns out of the, the hymnary, especially, um, uh, which was always at Reformation time. So you, you mm-hmm. got to sing some of those, you know, good Reformation hymns. So, so um, and then obviously if you're from a, another uh, tradition, Confession of the faith. What do you prefer? I prefer confession and tradition. I think because sometimes people say my faith tradition. Yeah, but that's I a would, way of minimizing. Right. I um, I would prefer confession. confession. Yeah, let's use that. Um, then maybe it's that hymnal. But I think because, as we discussed in the hymn episode, uh, you're getting very deep theology mm-hmm. when it comes to the hymns themselves. But you're get also getting poetry. You're getting stuff that hits the heart. If you listen to the hymn episode, I have Amazing Grace in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but also something that our new hymnal does that I think also LSB and the hymnary do. Um, small catechisms in there. Yeah. Uh, the daily offices are in there now, um, which is a wonderful resource, even if you just pray the three. Yep. Um, Matins, Vespers, and Compline. Yeah, and maybe just daily office being those set of services that were you know used each yeah. day in... What it, uh, sometimes it's called the Liturgy of the Hours. Yep, yep. Um, and they were especially practiced in the monastery, but they've always been something for the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Lutheran church has a history of this as well, if, especially like choral vespers, which is just a, mm-hmm. a beautiful thing. But, um, the, you know, if you're trying to structure, take five minutes. I would, I would encourage people, I find this very helpful, five minutes three times a day, and you can do matins, vespers, and compline with a yeah. short reading Yep. for each and there's resources for that if anybody's interested in that you can reach out and there's places that I can point you I was blessed last night to attend the monthly Compline service at St. John why didn't you invite me oh I didn't realize that I knew you had I knew you had a lot going on yesterday so uh, yeah so um, this week uh, so we finally got our AC replaced which is a split system we don't have duct work that was not cheap no um then we've been getting water in our entryway in the sitting room area. We thought we had that fixed um, where the cracks had developed over time because you're not going to get the plaster replaced with plaster or drywall until the water's Right. Because otherwise it's just going to mask it. You're going to get warm. Right, yep, and then you'll have to redo it. I'd made myself a, an old-fashioned, uh, which this is part of what Jason has copied for me. Yep. And I was going to uh, to light, I believe it was a candle, mm. and... Uh, I got back after a long day. I just put um, almost a couple thousand into one of our vehicles. I picked it up, come home, showered, and I have an old-fashioned, I have a candle. I was going to read a project I'm working on. has me reading some mystics. I was going to read some uh, St. Teresa of Avila Mm. um, and uh, her autobiography and uh, go to light the candle, and my ceiling fell on my head. That's never a good a big, thing. Huge chunk, Jason. I think you you still could see my Facebook at that point. I could, yeah, yep. And uh, and it was on there, and that was my big, kids yeah. are like, "What just fell?" 
they were all playing a game in the dining room, which is adjacent to where this happened. So that was great. And then I'm like, well, but at least we're not getting water anymore. We had to get this fixed anyway. So I'm like, tell my wife, like, it's kind of a blessing. It'll be easier demo for them now. Yep. And then uh, we got rain yesterday, and it wasn't a hard rain. No. And we got water in the house again. Same spot. So now our, our ceiling is collapsed mm-hmm. on my head, and we got water. Um, so that was a rough day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you know what, what would have really helped me? Maybe find some peace and solace in the Com- midst of that? Compline. Compline. <laughs> I apologize. Although I did I... go. I had been at your church on Sunday because yeah. the freeway was closed to Pilgrim. Right, yep. Um, and so I went to, to Pilgrim yesterday for their Wednesday service just to, oh, sure. to get an extra sermon. Yep. And uh, so that was nice. But it would have been nice to know about about Compline. Yeah, always the first Wednesday of the month, I guess. So I'm oh. just I'm, I'm still learning this myself, being relatively new there. I but, see. Uh, Okay, so back to the hymnal. Yep. I would say, ideally, um, your hymnal almost gets more use than your Bible. Uh, And I would say that from the perspective of there's a fair amount of uh, Bible in the hymnal, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, And and this is not that you shouldn't be using. I don't want to use should words here. There's there's right. For much of history, Christians couldn't even read right. most. Um, but um, I'm 44 years old. I've always struggled to have a consistent prayer and devotional life. Mm-hmm. Um, and now don't get me wrong. I'm regularly in the Word because it's my job. Yep. But what I mean is to actually be intentional and things that are, are meant to not just be for me giving others, but to, yep. to be cultivating good devotional habits and I'll admit for myself I I've, have struggled with that myself as well you know what I'm going to do Jason what? I'm going to bust one of these on you oh thank what you what I just give you uh, a little bit of absolution mm-hmm. yeah sign of the cross you didn't give yeah. me any I, give I, me I, I Jason I, do it there you go thank you uh, but uh, when I say more than the Bible I don't mean uh that you're not using both daily. I mean, the hymnal in a day maybe ideally gets cracked open more um, because if you're doing the offices, um, if you're praying the hymns, if you're making use of the hymns that are in there, uh, maybe it gets cracked open more times per day. Um, but I I really think the older I get, I need this the same good stuff again and again Mm -hmm. like you go through college you go through summer you go through even catechism class and you go okay i got that that's always chasing something more and if you go to my office i got a lot of books oh yeah and i got a lot of books even though luther and many others have said in history not many books but a a few yep um that being said luther wrote a ton of books yeah he didn't exactly live by his right but um there like, especially I've just become a big fan of the offices, of the Liturgy of the Hours. And there's resources beyond the hymnal for this. Um, and some of them are the same psalms again and again or the same canticles. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I found is those, when I really um, pay attention to them, pray them, maybe even sing them, uh, it's a well that's not going to run dry. And as I said, that may be in the hymnal, but it's scripture. Right, these are great songs, canticles, yeah. in the scriptures. Uh, 
Pastor Vanderhoof was asking about Advent series. We're thinking about what are we going to do for Pilgrim. We're kind mm. of thinking ahead, and, and I was kind of thinking it might be neat to do the Canticles, do the Benedictus, Song of Zechariah, Magnificat, Song of Mary, and then do Song of Simeon, mm-hmm. which I like our new hymnal, but it, the Song of Simeon got uh, mistreated. Short, short <laughs> yeah. shrift. Um, in my opinion. Um, is there a better funeral text? Oh, than yeah. that af- when you had sung it regularly after communion. Mm-hmm. That, and just such a great connection with the yeah. with the text. But, I preached on that a, actually a number of times as a funeral text. Yep, but, yeah. but there's always going to be certain things I don't like. and but So that is. Overall, I, I'm very happy with it. Yep. Uh, and I definitely see it as an improvement over what we had previously, mm-hmm. but which also served well for my yeah. whole ministry so far. Um but and I think part of that too is like this v- version of Christian worship, you know, the Wisconsin Synod as church bodies in a very different place, yes, worship wise than what they were. A better place, I would say. Uh, yeah, I would agree, and yeah. and I think that this one is maybe able to, you know, expand and build right. upon some of those. So things, when but, I say yeah. that, I'm I'm just trying to. Pro- yep. I would like the song of Simeon to have been more prominent than it is, but overall, and there's always going to be something I don't like, so. I don't take that as whoever made these decisions. I don't know what reasoning was. So I'm trying very much to say this is worth a resource yep. to have. Yep. Um, so uh, I think that's a regular go-to book. And I think especially if you have a family, mm-hmm. spouse, maybe kids, or you have grandkids, who right, um, this is a book corporately Yes. Right. Um, that is going to lend itself well to taking you into the word of god and uh and so it's good to have one but if you're a family it's good to have a couple yeah maybe maybe don't have one for each person because it's nice to share it yeah um but uh but it's i i would say that would be my second choice i don't want to go way long with this so we should at least get to three or maybe four uh, Jason, anything more you have about hymnal? Do you disagree with it? Would nope. another thing be your second, or do you have a third choice you'd like to I share? I think I, w- I would also pick hymnal second. Um, and again, when you got it, hard to hard to rank some of these because there's a lot of good here, but uh, I think um, I would also probably put hymnal second in, in pride of place, so to speak. But then I think the third um, one that I would put on the, the shelf right there would probably be the catechism. Um, and, uh, again, I think, um, you know, when we talk about Luther's, Luther's catechism, um, that again, from our confession, that's the catechism that we're talking about. And really when you talk the small catechism, that's not very big at all, really. I mean, if you're talking the, the catechism that Luther wrote, what are we talking? 25, 30 pages, maybe even that. Yeah. Printed shorter than that. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Um, but I think oftentimes now, you Depends know, on the font and the yeah, right. Yes, exactly. You could probably print it on one big broadsheet. Yeah, to I mean, go, this was very right? common back yeah, in the day. Exactly. It, yeah. Um, so I mean, you have. And was the intention Luther's intention? Oh yeah. It's somewhat ironic. Yep. That we now you have to have books that expand on it in parochial education. Yep. But it's historically we keep making that. Mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't say we. I'm not. Lutherans have tended to keep. There's a value sometimes in having that as a little handout. Yep. Or and, something you can have in your pocket. Yep. And 
ideally, I think what Luther was not just in your pocket, but in your memory, right? right. That, that you should have, have that short, um, document. I just don't remember stuff very well after the ceiling fell on my head. Right. Yeah. So I, I would like to have a little thing in my yep. pocket. And, and I think too, that there, that there is some value. Maybe it was the old fashioned. <laughs> that might have been too, yeah. Uh, I shouldn't have drank it after the plaster fell in it. Yeah. You didn't oh. waste an old-fashioned. Right, no, exactly. I mean, It's this just is, chunky. It is Wisconsin yeah. after all, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, um, but I think, you know, it, it, especially, I think, catechism books that are published now that have an eye to to being a you know, resource of individual study. I think for a while there maybe, um, and this maybe goes a little bit, that uh, rightly so, I mean, the catechism is used for catechizing, you know, the young especially, but, uh, and, and so that there was a big focus on producing materials that were, that were able to be used um, in that instruction of um, students, right? But then, you know, in some ways, instead of being a personal resource and maybe a devotional resource and um, an aid for all of those type of things, it maybe gets seen at more of at more of as a textbook. Right? And I think this is sometimes our confirmands because they got to know it. Yeah. Primarily as a textbook. Yep. Don't return to it as much as they ought. Yeah. Or might might add on. Right. Yeah. If it weren't, but yep. I, I can see this even. This is a challenge in our classroom where we're, oh, we're yes. doing academic theology. Yep. But I try to be very cognizant of like, I dare not make, if I were teaching theology at a public university, this would be different. Yes. But where I'm teaching it at a place where I see this as ministry. Yep. Um, I dare not make it into a textbook, even though we have to engage it academically. Yes, right, exactly. And, and I think too that, you know, tr- treating it, primarily from the standpoint if you're a marine biologist studying lake michigan yeah you're not going to be as good a marine biologist if lake michigan just becomes an abstraction for you yep if it just becomes theoretical um you 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 want to swim in it yeah right Uh, you want to go out on a kayak you want to just appreciate that it's this living breathing thing yes (laughs) well i mean it's not technically breathing but you know what i mean right um if that makes sense, it does. Yeah, and was that and, a good illustration? I think it was good. Yeah. Thank you. I, I can I can wrap my mind around that easily, um, and I think the catechism too. I think is one of those where, um, yeah, you know, you want to engage with that personally and devotionally those truths, not just I have a grasp of this. And I think that you know you have Luther's um, uh, statement to I think it was Hans, wasn't it? I believe you know, so. That yes. where his, if you're going his, where I think you're going. Yeah, his oldest oldest boy. You know, he said, you know, hey, do you do you uh, do you know your catechism? You know, after because thought that he was maybe uh, wrapping up a little early. You know, for, well, yeah. oh yeah, and I know it. I know it. I can say I can recite the whole thing. And he's like, well, then you're doing better than me because I still have to, right. you know, review this and remember it day after day and repeat it to myself. And and of course, you know, it's not just knowing having it memorized or knowing the facts but being able to and what luther is getting at was do i really understand this have i really appropriated it fully and applied it then going forward in life right Mm -hmm. um and 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 god is at work 
teaching you the catechism yes. as well. The blessing of studying the scriptures and the catechism is that when God is doing his work on you, you're able to recognize and appropriate these things. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like reading the Bible about suffering, but you haven't suffered. Yeah. Well, if if your reaction is you don't read those passages because they don't seem relevant to you, well, Just you're going to miss out on the sermon God allows you yeah. to have when suffering comes. And, and, and I think that's similar to what you're getting at with the, the catechism. Yeah. Hans memorize this he abstract and i always wonder if that's apocryphal i've used that many times too yeah yeah i've not found it um but the you know the um hans still had plenty to learn once even once he had learned the yeah the what does this mean is bigger than the answer that just follows Mm -hmm. yeah exactly um those which again how masterful luther did that in a sentence or two most most often um, to be able to capture the essence of just what it is, what that particular thing is talking about, and really, I mean, honestly, all the way through, you know, com- commandments through the keys, um, just did a great job with um, distilling that, um, hitting right at the right at the heart of it, hitting the nail on the head, and doing it in a memorable way. Yes, right, speaking in in ways that. That it is that even easy comes enough. across in translation. Yes. Yeah. I would, uh, if I can build on that, so I think our three would be similar, mm-hmm. but my three maybe isn't a whole four. Um, and that would be um, the Book of Concord or the Lutheran Confessions. And, and, and why do I say that's maybe not a whole four, Jason? Yeah. You, you maybe could consider it three B, C, D, E, and F. Yeah. Right? Cause, because Luther's catechisms. Yeah. Are in the Book of Concord. For Lutherans who are not as familiar, um, or non-Lutherans, the Book of Concord is um, the three what are called ecumenical creeds. So it contains the Apostles, the Nicene, and the Athanasian. To be a Christian is to, even if you don't know these creeds, it's to believe what they teach. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, but then the six Lutheran confessions, and these all come from the 16th century. Um, Luther's two catechisms, the small and the large, so named because... One is longer, <laughs> larger than the other. Um, the uh, small called articles, which Luther writes when they think he's dying or he's not going to live long. And it's like his last testament, his last confession of faith. And those are the three by by Luther. You're then going to have the Augsburg Confession, which, and this is the value of the Book of Concord. You're not going to spend as much time in, in, what, in the ones I say next. They're, they're more difficult. Mm-hmm. But the Augsburg Confession is is just read worth a read each year, um, and it's not a long read, right? Um, Especially the first portion. One of the one of the, just the most clear, coherent, um, basic yet comprehensive confessions of the faith Christianity has ever produced. Um, mm-hmm. Even uh, Benedict praised it, uh, Pope Benedict Ratzinger. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the uh, um, Augsburg Confession, which is kind of the defining confession uh if you go to a lutheran church if you look you might have a cornerstone that says uac mm-hmm. that means that church confesses the unaltered augsburg confession and that'll be we go to the wing in it series we discuss that uh, the luther series the um apology of the augsburg confession which was a defense of the augsburg confession and this gets more difficult i would say it's more difficult than the small called articles which are more difficult than the augsburg confession mm-hmm. um and then the hardest 
But if you're into theology, the most rewarding, mm-hmm. um, in my view. But I, this is my field. Yeah. Is the formula of Concord. And that comes in two forms. The epitome, which is where I would start, which is kind of like, okay, this is, we're all, two-thirds of Lutheranism is agreeing to this, like, here's, like, the shorter summary. And then the thorough declaration, or solid declaration, uh, which goes into more detail. But um, for this, and I feel like Concordia Publishing House should be sponsoring us today. Yeah. Because they have put out the Lutheran Study Bible. Yep. Um, and I said nice things about the Lutheran Service Book. Mm-hmm. Uh, the edition I would recommend for just the average Christian. If you're doing academic theology, you should be citing the Kolbwengert. I'm sorry, that's just... I'm always a little irked when people aren't using Kolbwengert for, for that. That's kind of... Yep. Across boundary, that's the text, like, um, to use. But I do not And it, it, enjoy, and it was meant more of as right. an academic text. I right? don't enjoy reading Kolbwengert in any sort of devotional fashion. Um, the Concordia Reader's Edition is my favorite just to kind of go to and sit down with. Um, Cole Wenkert, or if you're really going to, the Bekentna Shrift in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but the Concordia, is, the Reader's Edition. Which is the German the title for yeah. Yeah, the those confessional writings. Which I bought. Um, I found one a of copy my editions. On, a, on a book auction. Well, I bought mine with you. Yeah. In Leipzig. Yes. We found it in a bookstore next to the Thomas Kierkegaard. Yeah. Um, yep. Another great memory like Nickelback. Yes, exactly. Um, but um, very readable. Has some helpful notes. Some cool illustrations, too, if you like that, like mm-hmm. you know, woodcuts. Um, I would very much a nice glossary mm-hmm. um, for some of the terms that come up. So I would make that my three slash four. Um, if And they even have a section in the middle of some really cool yep. colored pictures. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so if I if I didn't grow up and have to go through like old school, you know, um, catechism class and in my parochial school, whatever, I would probably skip like the catechism editions that Missouri Wells everyone has that's like intended for that, and just go to Book of Concord. And then if I had the money, I would get one of those too because they can be very helpful for looking things up. Mm-hmm. But if I had to choose between the two, I guess I would make Concordia Reader's Edition my because the the small called or the small catechism and large catechism are very readable. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a re- revision of what was a very reliable translation. And, and I think, too, it's you know almost like the study Bible version yeah. of the Lutheran Confessions because they have enough. They, they don't have, you know, every, every point or sentence that they have notes on, but they have enough notes to make some of the things accessible that might be a little bit challenging otherwise. Yeah. And I think maybe at some point uh, Jason's going to write this down and remember it. Um, we should do an episode uh, on, okay, second level. Now what books would you recommend? You're building a theological library. And maybe like me, you, and Mike or whoever, oh, each yeah. comes with five and we throw out. Um, but if I can, uh, I would just briefly add, I think it'd be good to have a solid church history. Um, and maybe we can save that for another episode where recommendations we might make for that. But I think um, to have something that helps you give historical context um, for the church uh, would be something that, that I would highly recommend if you're a Lutheran. Kittleson or something, a nice biography of Luther is probably nice to have because you can kind of understand 
how things started popping um, when it came to the to the Reformation. Um, you know, there's other things like that that would be helpful. But if if I just were having my, I won't say must haves because that's a law word, mm-hmm. and this is get to have. Yep. Um, but my, I really would love to see every Lutheran or, or even Christian have some version of. This would be my three or four. Would you agree, Jason, or is there something else that you think we're leaving out that really needs to be in there? No, I think this is kind of your, you know, the basic package, the starter pack. Like, this, you have these, and you're going to be well set for, you know, um, what, what your theological needs would be. I, I, I mean, you could maybe try to, you know, add one or two more, but I think that again, those probably belong in the second level conversation right. because I think different people would have different ones. Right. And within here, as we said, so Bible was one of the recommendations. Maybe you have two Bibles. Maybe yep. you have three. Hymnal was one. Maybe you have two or three hymnals. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a theologically interested layperson, maybe you have the Kolbungert and the Reader's Edition of the Concordia. Maybe you have Luther's Catechism, the Missouri Synod Version, the ELS, the Wells. Um, and you want to compare, that's fine. But I think as categories, yep. so we're going to agree uh, Bible and then hymnal, in our case, Lutheran hymnal, um, the confession of your church body, yep. um, which for us would be the Book of Concord, the Lutheran confessions. And if you're going to narrow that down, yep. probably the small catechism. But, for sure. But yeah, I think yep. I think those are, and, and I mean, historically speaking, for Lutheran. I mean, not not Lutheran theologians necessarily, but just the Luther, Lutheran homes. Mm-hmm. That was kind of what you yep. know. You you have those you have those three things, right? Yep. And that was. I agree. And your yeah. and your kids are in it. You're in it. Yep. Yep. Um. Well, good. Well, we. I don't want to go way long, but I think hopefully that was helpful for people. I'm gonna guess a lot of you were not surprised at the choices, but hopefully you at least got something out of the discussion of the choices. Um. If you find yourself, maybe you say, I have those, but maybe you don't have them where they're accessible or maybe you haven't been in them lately. Maybe this episode is in good encouragement mm-hmm. um, to consider that. Maybe you don't have them or you used to have them and you're not sure they're where they're at. Um, maybe we go looking or maybe it's a good chance to get a new copy of something. Um, and uh, their, their books, I say this and mine look pretty darn new, but... Jason, yeah. you know how I am with books. I, or, even when I loan them to you, I warn I'm very anal. You're very so meticulous. I still have the box that my Lutheran Study Bible came in, and I, yeah, I put it in there when I transport it. But um, yes. But for people who are not very anal about books, I I love going. I used to love going on visits, and seeing some nice worn copies and mm-hmm. stuff like this. So. Yeah, and it's always interesting. You know, sometimes people. Well, I I apologize. I was like, no, don't. Don't apologize for for a Bible or a hymnal. Yeah, like your pages you know, that, are falling out. Right, that that has been well used and well loved. Yeah, you that's know, what that, it's for. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, all right. Well, I think we can probably leave off there, um, but I I think that is a good episode idea for down the road. Would maybe yeah. maybe be kind of building that personal theological library if you're interested, and uh, we can maybe shoot a message to Mike as well and say let's think on this for maybe down the road a bit. We each bring five books or something. Mm-hmm. There might be some crossover. We'll see. Maybe we compare and we make sure there's not crossover. Yep. Um, and that gives uh, a sense of what else we would have there. Um, but hopefully, uh, 
this helps and I really do uh, these are I have gotten significantly older than what I was when I first got these books mm-hmm. although the old hymn will not be right yeah. um, and then I had the Concordia self-study Bible not Lutheran say about but um, they while I at times have grown tired of them they have never grown tired of me mm-hmm. and they've been books that have drawn me back in at important times and so um even just having them where you see them um can be big for the moment where god wants to hit you over the head with them (laughs) in a good way yes in a in a gospel way yeah and right i think that you know it's just one of those things you are you are what you read in a lot of ways Mm and and if you're uh um you know reading these and using these regularly you're you're probably going to be in in pretty good shape yep well with that then uh i we will you get whatever you want you read what you want but you've got our recommendations and i think um you know live your life but these books rather than constricting you will actually help you do that even better maybe even help you let the bird fly Another round, another round, another round. 